Jesus. Lord, we worship you with all our hearts, with all our soul, Lord, with all our strength, everything that's within us, Lord. We open up our hearts to worship you, to give you all the honour and all the praise that you deserve. For you alone deserve all the glory, Lord. You're so wonderful. Lord, let your people have a fresh understanding of your glory, of your presence, Lord, of who you are. Of who you are, Lord. Jesus, Jesus, Lord. There are realms of glory for the church to experience yet to come. We've touched a little on some of the, the, the areas where we, we sense the presence of God when we come into worship and I've been sharing a little bit, I guess, on, on some of the aspects of glory and, and I, it, it's probably um, what I enjoy speaking and, and, and learning more about, more so than anything else, it's, it's the realms of the glory of God. And the glory of God is is tangible. The presence of God is tangible. When we present our hearts to him, when we open up our hearts to him and just say, Lord, have your way in my life. I yield everything to you. I don't hold anything back, nothing in reserve. Lord, I just want to worship you. I want to give you everything because you deserve all the glory, all the praise, all the honour. Where would I be without you? An understanding of the, the, the awesomeness of God, that he would, he would come in the flesh and give his life so that you and I could find out about his glory and then be able to come into those realms of glory in a way that it's tangible for each one of us to be able to experience more about God himself. Now, if, if you understand the ways of the Spirit, if you have a hunger, a desire in your heart to learn about the ways of the Spirit, that's the first port of call, to have that hunger, to have that desire, Lord, I want to know more about you. I want to, I want to position myself wherever you want me to be so that I can receive from you. Whatever you want, Lord, you've got it. Lord, whatever you need, you've got it. Whatever you want, Lord, you've got it from me. And what's he want? He wants, an, he wants a heart that's just open. Lord, I just want you. 
a heart to say, Lord, I just want more of you. I want more. See, Paul, with all the revelation, the understanding that Paul had, can you understand the, the level of glory that Paul walked in, that he lived in, that he experienced? And he said, that I might know him. What's he talking about, that I might know him? He's talking about experiential knowledge. And when the Bible talks about knowledge, it's talking about the experience of knowing. That, that internal knowing, that, that I know that I know because I've had an encounter with God and nothing compares to having that experiential knowledge where you have an encounter with God. That encounter with God will change you forever. And sometimes we get caught up in the realms of the natural. Our eyes are so tuned and governed by the natural, the flesh realm, that we, we miss out on what God's saying. We, we, we put it down to something else or we miss the message because we don't like the messenger. Or we get familiar with things in God, but we never want to get familiar with the ways and the purposes and the plans of God because God wants to keep showing us more of himself. Give us a greater understanding of the awesomeness of God and how he wants to transform us into the realms of the spirit where we become a person who is totally flooded and filled with the Holy Spirit himself. See, we, 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 don't, we don't really understand the, the depth and the magnitude of what we have when we receive Christ into our heart. Now, if, if Jesus was standing here in the flesh this morning, what would he say to you? Have you ever thought about that? If he showed up right now in the flesh, what would he say to you? He's done it many times, many, many times. He showed up, and what do people do? Some recognize, and some have no clue. So what does he do? He begins to open up their understanding. That's the mercy and love of God. Sometimes we have no clue, and I'm often clueless about what God wants to do. Absolutely clueless. Coming to church, clueless. Down to preach, no idea what God wants to do. But I was sitting there this morning and when I was, I was reading and I was waiting on God and I was worshiping, I, 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 I have a little bit of um, difficulty sometimes because it's the presence of God and it's an overwhelming presence of God. People don't understand. They, Jeff's a bit flaky. Just not flaky, just just submitted and yielded and hungry. And I don't care what the Holy Spirit wants to do in and through me as long as I know more of his presence. Some people are too proud for the presence of God. And their pride's going to take them straight to hell. But God wants us to just release all of that, that self-stuff. That thinking that I'm something special. Well, you're only special when you've got the special one in you. And then you're extra special. And then you get extra special benefits from being extra special in him. But if you understand the power of the resident glory, when you receive Christ into your heart, many of us, many are absolutely clueless about what they have. It's like these people that have an encounter with Jesus and they don't recognize 
Why don't they know? But even in their, their dullness of mind, Jesus comes in his mercy. How many times did he do it with his disciples? Clueless. Clueless young men who didn't know the ways of God and, and always jumped to this conclusion or think this or think that, but missing it all the time. But Jesus would just say, okay, now I want to open it up for you. I want you to understand. But Jesus said, as much as I want you to understand, I'm going to try and make it as clear as I can. Unless you have a hunger to have that word revealed, you're not going to get it. Jesus was standing with the Pharisees day after day after day after day, giving them of God, giving them of God as much as anybody else, and they just kept resisting and resisting. And they got to the point they resisted so much, their hearts rejected him, and then they got into that murderous spirit because they rejected what God was trying to do for them. Don't ever reject what God wants to do for you. Recognize the... the, 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 the the, the grace of God, the mercy of God, that he would come to you with a word because he loves you and he wants you to know him for eternity. It's like when Jesus showed up, what would he say? Next question, what would you say to him? What would you say? It's, it's just like, my Lord, my Lord and my God. We'd probably get a revelation like Peter and say, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. But it was the mercy of God. The mercy of God. that brings us to repentance. See, when Jesus performed the miraculous, what did it do? It softened the heart so much with people that they began to say, oh, Lord, <laughs> who are we that you should, you should come and dwell with us? Is this, the, is this what we recognize? What The opportunity that we have, just a small group here, but when we come into the presence of God, like you had an opportunity and you still have an opportunity to have a hunger to come into his presence in worship and begin to thank him for the fact that you're still breathing. Do you recognize that's the mercy of God? You don't deserve your next breath. But that's the mercy of God. You haven't earned it. You can't buy it. It's the mercy and grace of God. And that's so much more of what God wants to do. He wants us to learn to inhale of the Spirit, to learn to breathe of the Spirit of life, not just the air of life, but the actual Spirit of life, the person of the Holy Spirit. He wants to come in and he wants to fill and flood us with so much more. When Jesus came and, and presented himself to the woman at the well, you know the story of the Samaritan woman, and, and my goodness, why would Jesus bother with a Samaritan woman? One woman who was rejected by her own people because of her past life, because of some things she had done, so she wasn't really accepted in the crowd of the who's who, but Jesus knew. 
So he arranged a divine setup. God wants to arrange some divine setups for you. Do you know how much he loves you? I mean, this woman was clueless. What a, what, we're hungry. We, we've got a bit of a clue. And if we start presenting our hunger, like, Lord, I want so much more. I want to know you. I want to know the person of Christ in me. It's not a, a spooky woo-woo thing. I've got this spirit. It's, it's Christ. It's the spirit. It's the life. It's the breath of God that was motivating and moving Jesus who came to live in. When Jesus was, was coming to the end of his time and he, on this earth and he breathed on his disciples, he said, receive the Holy Spirit. What was it? It was the breath of life that he breathed in and then it came Boy, did it come in power. We might get into that. But the woman at the well, she didn't have a clue. But Jesus was waiting there and he just started to lure her in. Started to reel in the fish. He got the hook into her by getting some questions going through her mind and talking to her about things. And then he starts talking about the, the, the well that they're at, where she's come to get a drink. And, and Jesus starts to talk to her about the well that he's got. He said, I'll give you something that's even better than what this well can provide. He said, well, I come to draw water. And he said, well, if you knew the one who's talking with you right now. See, can you get a clue? You see me. Oh, that's just Jeffrey. Who's speaking to you right now? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you? So he gets her attention. And he starts talking one-to-one with her about the things that interest her. And she starts questioning, well, are you greater than Jacob who dug this well? He said, oh, you only knew what I've got for you. So he's getting her interest. See, God knows how to get your interest. And then he begins to talk. And, and we know the scripture. Isaiah prophesied about the well of salvation. And he said, with joy you draw waters from the well of salvation. If, 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 if Christians knew how to draw that water, they'd have a bit more joy. If they learned to drink in the Spirit. Now, this, this is a dangerous subject for me to even approach. But, but I, 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 I did a little bit. A little, uh, <clears throat> um, <laughs> you, you know. It, it, it's, it is very, very, um, you want experiential knowledge? He said, if you knew who you were talking to right now, you'd be asking me for that living water. I suppose I should read some of these scriptures for you so you know what I'm saying. It's true. In John chapter 4. This is not, not what I'm preaching on this morning. This is just... Maybe it is, I don't know. And Jesus speaking here in John chapter 4, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation, verse 13. Jesus answered, if you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty again. 
So he's got this natural application where she's at. And then he starts to open up. But if anyone drinks of the living water I give them, they will never thirst again. And we will be forever satisfied. People, what are people looking for? Something to satisfy, to truly satisfy. And the only satisfaction is in him. Everything else is temporal. No matter how long you've been going after it, once you've got it, it doesn't satisfy for long. He's the only satisfaction. For when you drink the water I give you, he's talking about the water of the word, he's speaking this life-giving water to her heart that I give you. It becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit springing up and flooding you with endless life. Some translations talk about this, this well of water being the well of salvation. And that's where it begins. When we begin to start getting thirsty, because we've heard a word from Jesus, and we start to get thirsty, we start to get a little bit, well, I, I think I'd like to hear more about that. So that well of salvation is the starting point where he gets the interest and then we receive that, that first initial drink of salvation. We receive the word, we receive Christ into our heart. And that's referred to as the well of salvation. As I said, we draw water from that well with joy. The wells of salvation. See, if I was talking a little bit the other day about Christians needing to, to know how to drink. They know how to drink in the natural. Well, when you drink of the Spirit, you still use the same thing. You use your mouth. Your mouth's going to operate for, for the life when you're drinking the water naturally, but also drinking that Spirit water, that, that Word of life. You need to exercise your, your mouth and start to speak out the words that God's speaking to your heart and allow that to begin to fill and flood you. It's the mouth, it's the well of salvation where we begin to draw up that water of the Word and it says it'll become a flooding fountain within you, gushing up from within you. And then over in uh, oh, John 7, Jesus spoke again and... Uh, oh, Let's see where we can find it. It's talking about the, the river. See, when, when we get saved, when we receive that word of salvation or accept Jesus Christ in our heart, then he says that, that well of salvation, that's the, that's the place where so many Christians camp. They camp at the well. They're saved. They've received Christ into their heart. I've received the water of the word, that word of salvation. That's the beginning. That's the well that you have. And you are very well from that point. You receive Christ into your heart and you know you're saved. You're born again. You're going to heaven. But there's so much more. That's just the starting point. It's the well of salvation referred to. And it is a joyful time. I remember when, when I knew that I knew I was saved. It was a very joyful time. But there's more. But so many Christians are just camped at the well. They don't drink anymore. Once they've had that first initial drink, that's, that's, that seems to be what they stay at and they don't drink anymore. 
And they lose the joy because that, that, that joy of salvation is as you learn to drink. So you've got, you've got, to, you've got to know. You've got to know how to drink. And, and, and you use your mouth to drink. And as you allow the spirit word, that living water begin to flow out of your mouth, that joy is going to begin to bubble up again inside. And Jesus said in verse 37, he's speaking about the rivers of living water. And on, this is on the, the, the day of Tabernacles, the most important day, half of through. All you thirsty ones, come to me. See, that's the key. If you're not thirsty, you won't come. We know our, our thirst in the natural. We're smart enough to know when we have to get a drink. And we get some of this. And I get thirsty when I'm preaching. But we know. We know when we're thirsty, don't we? I know when I need a drink. Do you recognize when you're thirsty for the things of the Spirit and you need to start drinking of that living water so that life begins to bubble up so you know how to face the situations of life? See, when you've got that living water bubbling up within, that life-giving water, then you're going to have the life you need for the experiences of life and you'll have the joy of life because you'll have the overwhelming knowing in your heart, I've got the one resident in me who's got the answer to every situation I'm ever going to face. And if I keep my heart in tune with him, I'm going to have the answers I need for every problem, for every situation, for everything my children have concerns about. I'm going to have the word from God. I'm going to rest in that in a confident assurance that my God cares for me so much that he's going to give me everything I need. He's going to watch over me. And from the moment I begin to drink from that well, I know that I'm on the right track, but I've got to keep drinking. So Jesus tells them to keep drinking and he said to come to me. This is the thing. If you'll come to me and drink, believe. How many Christians don't believe any further than the well of salvation? They think that's all I need because I'm saved and I'm going to heaven. And they live hell on earth, some of them. They go through so much they don't need to go through. Do you understand the power and the knowledge and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit resident within you who wants to warn you when the enemy's trying to set you up? Do you have the smarts to listen when the enemy's trying to set you up? To cause you to begin to move in a way that's not the ways of God, to move in a direction that's not going to be life-giving for you. The enemy's always trying to pull you away from the presence of God. We have to be so dependent on, on him and recognize, I need to drink every day. I need to get to that well and I need to drink every day. And as I begin to drink, it says, believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you, flowing from your innermost being, just like the scripture says. So that 
well of water that's resident in you, that gift of God, that salvation message that you've received, God wants that to be increasing. Remember I said to you about working out your salvation with fear and trembling. What's it mean? It means to press into God with everything you've got. Don't hold back, but make a decision. God, I'm for you 100%. I'm not going to half step. I don't want half steps in this church. Ooh, that might sound a little bit harsh. But half-steppers are going to have a half-step influence on other people. So there won't be room for half-stepping. They'll be all in or we'll see you in the glory somewhere. All right, we've got to be a people who are so hungry for God that we recognize we're going to give it everything we've got. We're going to help everybody as much as we can. But if they're not passionate about God, I'm not going to give them time because they're going to pull me away from the presence of God. Choose your friends carefully, the word says. Not sure who this is for this morning. But your friends are going to influence you. And if Jesus is your best friend, that's the best influence you'll have in your life. And he'll keep you in the place you need to be and he'll cause you to grow so hungry because you believe in him. And your hunger is crucial to your future in God. And if you mix with the wrong people, your hunger is going to go lukewarm and you're going to miss out on what God has for you. Make sure that your friends are hungry for God because if they're not, they're not going to help you. Oh, but we've got to get them converted. Okay, get them converted. But if they don't get converted, get out. Whoa. You've got to know. You've got to hear from the Spirit. You've got to be strong if you're going to mix with unbelievers. You're going to have to spend time with the Father every day if you're going to be mixing with unbelievers because that stuff will get on you. And if you don't spend time with the Father every day, other stuff is going to influence you and it's a very strong influence that will subtly lukewarm, cool you down, dry you off, dry you up because you haven't been strong enough, prepared enough, built up enough by the Word to stand strong. We do have to mix with other people. Yes, we do. And we do want to get everybody we come into contact, understanding about Jesus, giving them opportunities. But if you spend time, if you choose friendship with the world, then you choose not to be a friend of God. That's what the Bible says. Now that's talking about the spirit of the world, not the people. Two different things. Okay? Two different things. But if you get hooked up to the spirit of the world, it's going to draw you away from the spirit of Christ. So what did Jesus say? Boots and all. Dive in. He wants that received. The, the well is great and the well is for us. You know, I can drink from the well of salvation. I can spend time praying in the Spirit. I can spend time in prayer, waiting on God, walking with God, talking with God, and that's all edifying and encouraging. But when, 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 when that begins to start to flow, that's going to be an outflowing. That's going to be for others. And you've got to know that the river's flowing out if you're going to mix with others. If you don't have the river working, be careful. 
If you've only got that well, you'll get dried up. But if, if you're in the place where you know the river's flowing and you've got that water life flowing out of you, then that's for others. That's when you spend time getting up. But you've got to know that you know that I'm so prepared that that river is flowing in me, that I'm rock solid in with God, I'm wet in the water of God, and I'm not going to I'm not going to let anything take me out of the presence of God. I want to be where the river of God is flowing. God wants you to know that that's where the life-giving force is, and that that river of God. See, the well is supposed to become a river that flows out of you. Understood? Got that? All right. Who who's have you heard about um, Jesus being on the throne of your heart? Where does the river flow from? The throne of God. So if Jesus is on the throne of your life, then the river will flow and everything will be nice. Everything will be great. But you've got to know that he's Lord of your life, that he's on the throne of your heart, and that river that begins to flow comes from the very presence of God. And that river is a river of living water. And what flows out of you should be life-giving water. It should be the life of the Spirit coming out. And the life of the Spirit will be what touches others and it'll draw them by the... It's not going to be your words of wisdom how I'm going to get them saved. It's going to be life of the Spirit that flows out that's going to touch their heart. But we can't be so super spiritual that they haven't got a clue. Jesus was able to flow with... Whoa, Jesus was able to flow in the Spirit in such a natural way in the mercy of God that he was able to touch the very, the very clueless. <laughs> and if we will just recognize, Lord, I'm clueless. I need your help every day. I need you so much, Lord. I don't know how to do this without you. I never want to feel that I can do this by my own ability because then I'm in dangerous ground. We've just got to understand. So Jesus says to her that, that after he began to reveal a little bit to this lady, then she became an evangelist. She was the one who would be the least likely person to be the evangelist for Jesus, this lady. But she went back and she started spreading the gospel. Why? Because she said, Lord, give me this drink. She recognized and she said, I want what you've got. And if you don't recognize what Jesus is offering, you won't desire it. But if you recognize and say, Lord, I want what you've got. I'm so hungry and thirsty for what you've got because I know in your mercy you have come to me with a word that's specifically tailored for me and you've got a word for me that's going to be so satisfying for me and fulfilling for me that I can walk by the power of the Spirit in that word and it's going to be a word that not only encourages and builds up and strengthens me and helps in my life, but it's going to be a word that begins to grow and flow. That's what you need, a word that's going to grow and flow. And it's the flowing that keeps it growing. So when we, we dam the thing up, it becomes stagnant and smelly.
So what would Jesus say to you right now? What would you say to him? You know, uh, are we... Are we expecting? Would you be shocked? Would you have such anticipation? Are you in the place, in the spirit, where you just know. See, there's an inside information. The one who has all the understanding, all the wisdom, all the knowledge, resident in us. What about um, John 14? Stuck in John a little bit here, but... I I really like chapter 14 of um, Gospel of John. Is this something I want to mention? Jesus said in verse 21, Passion again, Those who truly love me are those who obey my commandments. So what's the evidence of our love? Do you remember I was speaking a little while back about the aspect of glory that's released in an atmosphere when we honour one another. See, there's a release of glory. See, Jesus said, the glory that I have with you, Father, I've given to them that they may be one with us. And one of the areas where that Oneness is revealed is through honour of each other. Honouring who is in the person. See, if you recognise Christ in you, Christ in me, and we begin to honour the one that Christ has honoured, do you know it's an honour? To have Christ in your heart? What an honour. So can we honour the one that God has honoured? It's the way we look at it, you see. If we recognise who we're honouring, how we're on, you recognise that there's a release of glory there. That's part of the obey. That we honour one another. I've heard it said that in a lot of churches there's, there's this sort of honour and there's, there's 
this sort of honour. But what about the honour to one another? Honour should be the atmosphere that we live in. Can you imagine the release of glory in the house? That's why it's important who you mix with. Because we can mix with those who dishonour and some of that dishonour can get on us. And before we know it, we're not honouring because we heard something that was dishonouring and then we're, oh, did you hear such that, that, that? And, and we're not honouring it. And what happens? We start to dry up. It's like throwing dirt in our well. You go and mix out with the world, that spirit of the world that wants to block you up, to constipate you, block up your well, block everything up, block up the flow, throw a bit more dirt in. That's what happens. You recognize in the spirit realm what's happening when you give yourself to an environment that's not of God. So we'll form a little commune and we'll all go and live out in the bush. No. You've just got to know that your well is very well and flowing well and that that river that's flowing out is the supply that you need so that as the river's flowing, when the dirt comes, it just flows away, doesn't get in. But if it's just a well that can hold the dirt, the dirt can get in the well. But when it's a river, when the dirt comes, it just washes it away, doesn't stay. Do you see how it works? That's why the river has to be flowing so we can mix in this world and not get the dirt of the world coming into our well. So we honour one another and the glory begins to be released in the house. The presence of God. God loves honour. And when we start to honour one another, we're honouring him. And he who honours me, I will honour. See, it comes back to circle of honour. Those who truly love me are those who obey my commands. Go back to verse 15. Loving me empowers you to obey my commands. <laughs> oh, but I can't do it. You don't love him. It's a love problem. If you can't honour the person sitting next to you who God has honoured, you have a love problem. Oh, I love Jesus, just that creep sitting next to me. But if you knew what they said, how did that get in? Because the river wasn't flowing. But I, re- yeah, well, how, how, why are you remembering all that stuff? It's all fallen in your well. You need to get that well bubbling. Just get rid of all the junk. And then the honour will flow. And then he who honours me, honours him. And then I tell you what, the joy's going to flow. You're going to find a release. 
you're going to find that spiritual release. With joy, you'll draw water from the wells of salvation and you'll get your salvation experience coming back and then you can increase on that. You can get the river starting to bubble. You start spending time with him. And I told you, I told you, I told you, I told you that, 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 <coughs> that, that, um, that when, when you... When <laughs> When, when, when you're hungry and thirsty for the things of God, you won't let anything block your flow. Come, Holy Spirit, shake everything that needs to be shaken. Come as fire, burn up the brushwood, get rid of all the rubbish that's in me. I don't want anything blocking my well. Burn up all the brushwood, come as fire, come as fire causes the water to boil. What's that? That's the fire of the Holy Ghost getting under your well, causing the well to bubble so that the well becomes the river. See, if you're hungry for the things of God and you cry out for the things of God, God is going to honour your cry. God is going to touch your heart and the touch that God puts on you is going to overflow through the river and there's going to be a flow from this house that's going to touch this city. It's going to be like the flood that was flowing from the creek this week. We're going to see the Holy Spirit begin to flow through this city and it's going to overflow the banks because the river flows through the city and each side of the trees of healing, and they're going to touch the city. There's going to be healing flowing through this city. There's going to be release of my spirit, and it's going to come through the house that honors me, says the Lord. Oh, yes. So, so, so those who truly love me are those who obey my commands. Loving me empowers you to obey. So all we have to do is love him. That's it. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? What do you think Jesus would say if he stood in front of you right now? He would say, do you love me? And your heart would melt. And you say, yes, Lord, I love you with all my heart. I want everything you have to offer me. Please come and fill me with your presence so I can know what it is to have that gushing river flowing from me because the spirit of life is under my well, burning up all the rubbish and causing the water in my well to bubble up into joy of everlasting life. Father, we want so much for you to have your way in this house. Lord, that you could by the grace and the mercy of your Holy Spirit prepare every heart in this place to receive the abundance of grace, the abundance of the gift of God that's going to cause the hearts of your people to begin to flow in the things of the Spirit, that everything will be a flow, not a, not a striving, not a, a harsh thing, but a flow of the Spirit of God because we promise 
prioritize you, Lord Jesus. And we say that we love you every day. Lord, I love you with all my heart. Lord, just show me what you want me to be doing. Lord, all I want is what you want for my life and then my life will be fully satisfied. Everything will be met. Every need will be met. The river will flow and it will touch. It will bring healing. It will cause such a reviving of my health. It will cause such a reviving of my strength. It will cause such a reviving of everything that I touch. It will be the life of the Spirit of God that flows in and out and it will touch by the power of God and we'll see the revelation of the... Wow. Whoa, yeah, we, we will see it, Lord. We will actually see with our eyes what you have planned and purposed for this house and it shall be to the glory of God and it shall flow out of this house and it shall touch many in this city because I've found a house where my people will honour me and honour one another and we give you all the praise, Lord, and all the thanks in the wonderful, wonderful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Look, if you, if you know, if you know that the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you and you want him to touch your heart right now, you don't have to move out of your seat. If you just say, Lord, I want that touch. Lord, I want you to be so, so present in my life that I know that I know that all is well with me and you. Surely it will be a well, well, well time. If I give my life, if I give all that I have... If you know that the Holy Spirit, if you know Jesus has been speaking to you and you want that closeness, you want that touch of God in a greater way, all I want you to do is just raise your hand. It's just an acknowledgement that I'm hungry, Lord. I want to receive more of what you have and I want a touch from you that I know that I know I'm in the place you want me to be. I'm preparing my heart for what you want me to receive and I'm going to walk by the power of the Spirit of God. You know if your heart's crying out, for more of him if you want that experiential knowledge just like the woman at the well clueless but saying Lord I want to know so show me show me what you've got in store so I can understand the ways of God if that's you then God is going to meet your needs I'm going to pray right now Father you see the heart of every person in this room you know the depth of the cry of every heart and what you've placed in the heart that you can have your way to produce that which is well pleasing to you by the power of your spirit. So by the power of that Holy Spirit right now, Father, I'm asking you to touch every heart in this place that's hungry and thirsty for you and for those that are clueless, touch them as well. Lord, cause such a reviving of that presence of God that we know that we know we're in the right place with God. I'm going to walk in the power of God. I'm going to walk by the Spirit of God and I'm going to choose very carefully who I spend my time with because the great grace of God is going to empower me to have the wisdom flowing through me so I know what to do, when to do, and how to do it by the power of God. Amen and amen.
see, there's, there's, a, there's a realm. I guess. There's a realm. There's a flow. Do you understand there's a flow in the spirit? You know when you're in the flow. You know, when you're in the flow... It's effortless. There's no striving. It just flows. It just flows. Can you understand? Then you know that it's not you, it's just I'm in the flow. I'm just... Resting in him. See, there is a rest for the people of God. That means there's a zone where there's no striving. So when I feel like I'm striving, I recognize I need to get back in the flow. Well, how do I get back in the flow? I've got to get that river flowing. So how do I get that river flowing? I've got to spend time in prayer with him. I've got to get, get myself in that place. I've, I've got to get away from everything and get on my face before God and just let God. It might mean I have to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I've done that many times because I hear the voice of God. Has God ever woken you up and said, get up and I'll show you what's coming? See, God wants you to be open to hear him when he speaks. Are you willing? What would Jesus say to you right now? I, I personally believe Jesus has been saying a few things to some people here right now this morning. And before he left, before he left, he instituted this, this Last Supper, this communion and in a lot of places it's a very somber time to remember the death of Jesus well yes we do remember that this was talking about the death but we're living in the the other side of the cross now by a long way. And, and we need to understand that the, the resurrection life that's available for us to be walking in right now, and this reminds us of the power that was released at the cross. That's the thing we need to remember, the power that was released at the cross. And we've got that to walk in. We've got that ability. And this is a remembrance of the, 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 the power of that total surrender of Jesus. And look at what was happening at that time. The Father was breaking out with the release of the Spirit of God that was going to change everything from that point through total surrender through one man who was totally obedient to the Father. And then he said, I'm doing this for you so that you can be empowered by the same Spirit. 
Would you like to stand for a moment? So this is the body. And he said in the scriptures that my body is broken for you. It means that he took it all upon himself so that we could rest in the finished work of the cross and receive the healing and the strength and the equipping as we recognize this is spiritual. And when the spirit of life is released through a surrendered heart, you're going to see the things begin to flow and there'll be a manifestation of the healing power of God. So let's just eat and remember what we have. Thank you, Lord. And this is referred to as a cup of blessing. A cup of the favour of God upon your life. A cup of the favour. Not only the mercy, but the favour to walk in the power that's been released and we receive it by faith. Thank you, Lord. Let's drink. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. You're so good. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can be seated for a moment. Might as well hit all three bases this morning. <clears throat> Better than striking out, isn't it? <laughs> See, if you love me, you'll obey me. Why does Jesus say to give? Because he's looking for an act, an act of faith that he can back up. See, nothing pleases God if it's not faith birth. If it doesn't come from faith, it's just an effort of man. But if we recognize what the scriptures say, if you're lovely, lovely, if you're lovely, if you love me, you'll be lovely. And if you love me, you'll do what I say. Because when Jesus is talking about money and, and talking about sowing and giving and all these things, you know what he's got in mind? Harvest. What is... Duh. What does any farmer have in mind when he puts a seed in the ground? Harvest. Is that what you have in mind when you're putting your seed? Oh, mine's already gone. I've already sown. Okay? It's gone in the ground already. So I'm not looking for anything else but a harvest on that. I expect a harvest. Why? Because God said that's the way it works. Seed time and harvest. That's the way the kingdom operates. You receive the seed of the word into your heart. The seed of Christ. The seed of the word. That's what it all began with. One word about salvation. Yes, I received that and it's been sown in my heart. Unless a corner wheat dies. 
it abides alone. But if it dies, if it's sown, it produces much fruit. God wants us to understand the much fruit. God wants us by the power of the resident spirit in here to get a revelation of the much fruit. So what do you see when you sow? Are you sad to sow your seed? I'm getting this. Or do you have a revelation? Are you sowing with joy from that water of well of salvation? Life? What? My goodness, how could I be so stingy when you've done so much? It's just a release of an obedient heart to say, yes, Lord, I want to give out of love. I love you, Lord. And this is just how I express it. And when I express my love, you can't outgive God. It's coming back. It's coming back. It's coming back. So what, what is it about the money? It's about an opportunity to trust God, to believe his word, and to have something to anchor my faith to. Are you going to need faith for something next week? You can get your anchor in the, today. You can, you just, are you willing to obey? See, and I've said it many times, if you're, if you're having trouble hearing what the Holy Spirit's saying, you want to hear from the Holy Spirit, ask him about your money. Oh no, that's, that's taboo. That's one area that we don't question. That's in the, 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 the storeroom of my heart. That's, that's a special room where I've got it all locked away. I never come to church with my wallet. No, I wouldn't be so silly. I've heard that preacher's just too good at getting money out of you. Now these, who you been mixing with? See, if you, if you get pickled, you get free. So you get into worship. You get into that state of understanding I'm, I'm actually a spirit being and I'm going to connect with my spiritual father and I'm going to see a spiritual manifestation in my life that's going to influence every part of my natural realm. So we do something in the natural that we can do because there's only so much we can do because at the moment we are limited in this physical body. But we can do one thing. We can obey what he says to do. And if we really mean business with God, if we're really wanting the best from God, then, Lord, what would you like me to do with my finances? Father, For every person 
who has an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. There shall come a release. There shall come an unblocking of the things that have been a concern, that have been a trouble, that have hindered the flow. But as we're willing and obedient, to walk by the leading and the guiding of the Spirit, every blockage shall be removed. And the things of my Spirit will become easy. Because you'll recognize the flow. And the flow of my spirit will bring such a release into your experience that you will finally come to recognize the rest that you have in your Father the absolute confident assurance, Lord, I totally trust you. So, Father, I'm asking that you would give those who are hungry for you an ear to hear what your spirit is saying so that the increase and the abundance that you've planned and purposed for this house will be seen, will be recognised and will be a joy to every person who chooses to walk in obedience to your word. To have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying and a willingness to obey promptly. And we thank you, Father. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your grace. And everybody in the house said, God is good. Hallelujah. You know, there's going to be a, uh, a mighty move of the Spirit of God when Jeffrey gets up and does the announcements. So we do have some weekly announcements, but firstly, I just want to say that, yes, Lord, we say yes to everything you've just shared with us today. Yes, Lord. I also want to say just an encouragement that if in worship you wiggled your toe, you tapped your foot, you slightly swayed, that is like an earthquake in the spiritual realm because you did it for him. So continue to do it for him. Okay, so some places where we can show real honour to each other. This week, Monday, we have playgroup at 9.30am. 
Wednesday, we have ladies' coffee catch-up at 10.30 at the Beechworth Bakery. Wednesday night, we have prayer meeting at 7.30. Thursday night at Caleb's house, we have the men's night at 7.30. And you can see the website page for any other events coming up. And we also have a kids' night out on Tuesday the 25th to Wednesday the 26th. And there's just a little note to say thank you for those who used the square last week to donate to Kingdom Coffee. So I've got to come back in and all of these young people can come back in here now. Come on, chosen kids. They happen to have some activities today that involve balloons, but I thought that was pretty fitting because it was Tim's birthday yesterday. And so we're going to sing happy birthday to him. He doesn't know, but his lovely daughter-in-law helped me bake a cake, which is in the foyer, and we'll get him to blow out candles. But I thought, um, let's all um, sing happy birthday, because it's not every day you turn 60, is it? You know. So let's sing. You ready? One, two. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Tim. Happy birthday to you. Hip, hip. Hip, hip. Hip, hip. There we go. So we can all enjoy some cake with your coffee or whatever today, all right? Tim, you better come out. Mel's ready to light the candles out there. And I think there's a special gift, isn't there, Mark? There's a special gift on the table from Mark, so thank you so much, Mark, for that. You can see it, everyone, when you go out. Okay.